0: Amen. Please be seated. Well, Church, we are really blessed to have Ryan Varley here with us in person to share with us this morning. Could you make Ryan feel really welcome as he comes to share with us now? Thank Ryan, um, thank you for taking the time. And, and we are so excited for our churchwide training that's coming up. Thank you for bringing the Alpha team to be here with us in person. We can't wait. Uh, for that. But let me um, just a bit of an introduction for you. You've got a yeah. little bit of an accent. Yeah. Some people might have thought we've spent a lot to fly you in from a long way away. It was a long trip. Yeah, it was long a long trip to get here from Mogul. Yep. tell us a bit about your background, where you're from?
1: <laughs> yeah, I always get that question wherever I go. It's like they want to say like, are you, they want to ask if I'm American. let start with Canadian. Are you Canadian? Are you American? I, and I have good news. I got promoted. I'm Australian. Yeah, yeah I got upgraded. I married an Aussie, and I've been here ever since. We do love Canadians
0: and Americans as well. Just That's so you know. good to know. That's good. <laughs> I'm a
1: good company. Yeah, so it's so good to be with you. I had to come because... Uh, Bridgman is one of the biggest users of Alpha in Australia, so well done on you guys, but particularly the biggest Baptist users in Queensland, and it's incredible what you guys are doing here. I'm pretty sure Jody uh, Trave's name is famous uh, uh, across the Alpha channels because she, she, she it always tells me when an Alpha is registered by a church, a Baptist one in particular, and, and so I'm pretty sure every night, like, she's just sitting there registering more Alphas. It's like the one billionth Alpha course. Jody. So well done, Jody and the team, yeah, you guys. thank you, Jody.
0: Thank you, Dan. Well Dan does a lot in that space too, all the team. Yes. So tell us, uh, not everyone here might be familiar with Alpha. Maybe they've heard about it, they've never done it. What is Alpha? You know, how does the Alpha course work exactly? Yeah, well,
1: Alpha is one of the easiest ways that we can explore big questions of faith and life and invite our friends. It's a video, it's a meal, and it's discussion. Everyone and anyone can run it. So it's as easy as that. If, if you're thinking, oh, I, I know what Alpha is. Um, I remember pushing in the VHS tape and seeing Nikki there. Well, the good news is it's been updated. There's, uh, a, a new, Nikki has a new sweater in the new version. Um, he's looking good. And it's exciting. You know, Over 80,000 people in Australia went through that we know of, probably more, in, in Australia as a participant uh, last year. And we're actually looking at passing the million participant milestone in the next couple of years. And I'm hoping that we celebrate it at the Baptist World Congress here in Brisbane. I'm inviting Nikki. I'm inviting Bear Grylls, a big spokesman for Alpha. I've told them Queensland has the best roadkill in all of Australia. You're, you're going to love it. Come on. And so you guys, I really believe Richmond is going to be a big part in
0: seeing us go through that milestone together. That awesome. Yeah. And um, this is a really significant time in history. There's a quote that I often share with the church from Nikki Gumbel. It's on my wall in my office. This is the greatest season for evangelism in our generation. Yeah. And how you know, do you see the work of Alpha in this particular moment that we're in is so significant.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that, um, you, know, you know that lifeline numbers are continually breaking records. Like there's a hunger in our community, and our, our culture for a hope beyond what is seen. And MacRindle Research says that one in four would come if somebody would invite them, explore questions of faith and life. And it's one in two if it was uh, someone under the age of 25. And so there is a great season of harvest. We're praying for the harvesters ahead because there, there, there's something that we need to share. We have a hope that we can share. And, and two-thirds of the Australian population don't know somebody that regularly goes to church. And so here we are, the greatest season of evangelism in our generation.
0: And don't give too much away because we want everyone to come out for the Alpha churchwide training. But how can we use Alpha well? Like any little sort of tip for us this morning? Yeah, so my
1: my quick tips are this. Pray, invite, bring. So start just with prayer. I like to uh, sit down. I write down five names. on the praying for five friends cards that Alpha offers. I write five names. Like it could be a neighbor. It could be uh, a a coworker. It could be someone in the family. I just start praying for them. Sometimes it's people I think, yeah, they might come. And some are like, not. They'll never come, but I'm going to pray for them anyway. And I just start praying for them. Then I invite them. And I used to invite people by being awkward. I was awkward about it. Even as a pastor, uh, I would go around and be like, hey, do you want to go to Alpha? It's uh, this series of videos, and here's what we do. And- but you don't have to come. But if you do come, that's great. And if you don't, I'll still like you. And by the end, they had no idea if I had even invited them to anything. And so now I've learned. I pray for them, and then I invite them, and I say, would you like to go to Alpha with me? And I stop talking. And they'll often say, well, what's Alpha? It's like, well, it's a series of videos. We explore big questions of faith and life. We have a meal we talk about it. If you want to come, why don't you come one week? If you like it, come on back. So pray, invite, and then bring them don't say this is a good thing you should do say hey I I care about you I really care about doing this do do you want to come with me I'll pick you up Um, let's do this together and you'll be amazed at how many people are just hungry to explore these big questions so it's going to be exciting season ahead
0: can't wait Ryan thanks again for sharing with us in a moment we're going to show a little clip a little intro clip and then Ryan's going to share with us but can we give Ryan one more big welcome thanks brother so much for sharing with us today
2: Life moves fast, doesn't it? Every day, there is so much to fit in. But do you ever stop and think? What's the point of it all? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring life, faith, and meaning. It's a space to explore the big questions, to say what you think and hear other people's points of view. First up, there's food, then a talk, followed by a discussion. Each talk explores a different aspect of the Christian faith, and then in a the small group you get to say exactly what you think. The aim of the talk is to spark conversation, each week, unpacking a different question. There's no obligation to say anything and there's nothing you can't say. Seriously. It's an opportunity to hear from others and contribute your own perspective in an honest, friendly and open environment. Why not try it out?
1: I wonder if we have any fans of the so-called classic Sound of Music out there, the movie Sound of Music. any fans out there? That's good. This is going to work out well. Well, a number of years ago, my wife, Beck, and I were traveling around Europe. And we decided, we mutually agreed, that we could each choose one thing that the other person would have to happily participate in. And, uh, and I made my selection in Normandy, France. I chose uh, this Band of Brothers World War II tour, and, and I thought it was fantastic. I assume Beck loved it as well. Um, then we got to Salzburg, Austria. And I remember the moment my wife's eyes lit up. It said, so this Sound of Music Bicycle Tour. See the sights, Sing the songs. And I became afraid. She said, that's it. That's what we're going to do. And she assured me that I would get um, some sort of mountain bike and there would be other men there and it would be fine. And so we arrived. There was 20 very excited ladies and me. I did not get a mountain bike. I'm pretty sure I was riding the original Maria bike. And I looked like a gorilla on this thing. My backside was dragging on the streets. And it had a basket for my purse. And it had this bell. And the bell was a warning. Every time you'd hear the bell, soon a song was about to be sung. And I learned a lot about women who love the sound of music on this three-hour-plus bicycle tour. The first was this, act like you're having a great time or they will help you have a great time with further participation. Secondly, women must train for this tour because they know every line of every song. And thirdly, if you even whisper a few lines of any part of the song, I promise you, it is like throwing petrol on fire and they will spontaneously burst into song with you no matter how many times it was already sung. Now, I love being a guest speaker when I get to come in, I get to try things and if it doesn't work out, I just leave it with Nathan and I go home. And I thought, you know, we're pretty warmed up here. It's 10 o'clock service. We're ready to go. And I just thought, let's just do a little experiment and and see how we would go on a little sing-song tour of of the Sound of Music. And so if you would join with me, um, I'll let you lead the way, but I'll start it. If I said Do, you would say? Ray. Oh, this is good. Me. Woman up, far. We're hitting our stride. So. Very good. La. Mmm. T. And that. Very good, guys. Well done. That's good. I'm having flashbacks. I'm eating counseling again. And you laugh, but man, there's a place for you to take your wives. (laughs) Today I'm talking about the power of an invitation. The power of an invitation. And let me ask you this question. If someone were to ask you why Jesus is good news or why the gospel matters tomorrow, what might you say? What would you say? I was asked that question uh, from a musician who I've become friends with. Uh, This musician has nothing to do with growing up in the church or Christian faith, knew nothing of Jesus. Why does Jesus matter? Why is the gospel good news? And I said to them, well, you're a musician so I'll put it to you like this. Perhaps it's a bit like a love song that God began singing long ago. This song is good. It's transforming the world for better. And we're invited to join along anytime. Jesus is leading the way. Now, some know the words. Some are just learning the words. And some will soon hear it for the first time. But this is more than a song. This is the historic reality of Jesus stepping into history to make a new way for our destiny, for us ahead. And yet we're all invited to join along anytime, anytime we're invited to come and see. And after the resurrection of Jesus, he commissioned his followers to share the good news of this message, of his kingdom. Matthew 28, 18, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of their Father, Son, Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Make disciples. It's written in the imperative move. It has the sense of, as you go about the everyday places of life, in your work, in your play, and your rest, use your influence to teach, to live out of this, this reality, out of this song, out of this historic event. Be a part of sharing this story as you go, knowing he is with us as we do so. And yet when we hear this commission to make disciples, I think for many of us, it feels like something that's just too big for us, something that's beyond us. I think that for many of us, we haven't lost the confidence in who Jesus is and what he has done, but perhaps we've lost a little bit of confidence in how we might share it with the people around us. And so this commission becomes almost like background noise background music to our lives. And we'll just, you know, prefer to leave it to those extroverts in church. You know, they seem highly caffeinated and really excited. We'll just pray for them, commission them, send them. We'll leave it to those people in church. But us, we're not the mouthpiece. We're not out there. We're not extroverts. We'll just kind of do our thing over here. Maybe it's because we're worried we don't have the right voice that will sing out of tune, not use the right words, but what if sharing about Christ was simply an invitation to discover Jesus with three words, come and see, come and see. And imagine if the church, the whole body of Christ, together began to take this last command of Jesus and begin to live like it was a first priority what would happen in our city? Come and see. Come and see where you can have hope, life. Like a beggar telling another beggar where bread can be found, where you could be filled with something beyond what we can see, what we can find in our own strength. Do you know the power of an invitation? I get to hear many stories of invitation through Alpha. And, and truly, everyone on Alpha uh, doesn't care how people come to faith. We just want to see people come to know the transforming power of Jesus. But Alpha is something, of course, I get to hear a lot about. So that's just a few Alpha stories. Um, my, my, I, I love this one story of, of Adam. Now, Adam was an airline pilot living here in Brisbane. And during COVID, he lost his job. And then he couldn't make the mortgage payments on his house, so soon he lost his house. And his marriage was already a bit troubled. Well, with all the stress going on, his marriage fell apart. And one day, Adam found himself living on the streets of Brisbane, thinking, How did I get to this place? Well, there's a, a church group that would go down to the city and they'd feed people that were hungry. And uh, one of the the people in the church went up to Adam and fed him a meal and said, you know, we're running something called Alpha at our church. Would you like to come and see? Would you like to come with us? We'll feed you. We'll, We'll care for you. Adam came. He went through week one, week two. And suddenly Adam came to faith in Christ. And the pastor reported back to me that that Adam said that he's never been, been in such chaos in his life. So much turmoil going on. And yet now that he's come into a relationship with Christ, he's never had so much hope, joy, and peace. It was all because of an invitation. Just one other story, a story of Sheree. Now, I met Sheree about 10 months ago at a church leaders gathering in the Logan area. And Sheree came running up to me. She was like this powerhouse, firecracker, energy lady, short in stature, but big in personality. And she came running up to me and she goes, I've done time in prison and I gotta talk to you. And I said, you've got my attention. <laughs> and Sheree said to me, I was doing time at the women's detention center about eight years ago. And I was the worst of the worst. I was telling the girls what to do and how to do it. Nobody ever would have thought I'd be interested in who Jesus is. But somebody took the time to invite me to Alpha. It was running in, in the detention center. And I was hungry. And they were offering cookies. And I was, had no, nothing else to do. And so I went she said, I went in there and my arms were like this. And then she said a week one. And then I went to week two. And week three. And suddenly she's coming to a faith with Christ. And years onward now, she's at this church leader's gathering and she's telling me about how she now goes back into the prison systems and she runs Alpha and she loves these people cares for them and when they come out on the other side she helps them get their lives put together but it all was because of an invitation to come and see how amazing that a life can be forever transformed by those three words come and see and you might be surprised that there are people in your life around you even now, people you would never even expect that they would come and explore if somebody would invite them. I think it's worth repeating the facts that have been that we have discovered. That McCrindle Research has says that one in four would come if somebody would invite them. One in two if they're below the age of 25. And this is a season in which which lifeline numbers are off the charts. People are looking for hope. There is a harvest out there. And yet two-thirds of the Australian population don't know somebody that goes to church. Where would they begin to explore? This truly is, as Nikki Gumbel said, the greatest season of evangelism in our generation. Romans 10:14 though says, how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? How can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? How is anyone going to tell them unless someone has been sent to do it? I thank God that he has sent someone. It's you and I. The body of Christ together, in our own words and our own voices. Not that we've got it all figured out, but we know the one who gives us hope, joy, and peace, and a hope beyond our circumstance. I mean, just think about it for a moment. How many of us have come to faith through relationships? Think about how many of us came to faith as a young person in church. Anyone out there come to faith as a young person when you're quite, you know, just coming along? I bet it is the case that someone like a parent, a grandparent, an uncle, a neighbor, a friend brought you, invited you to church, and that you came to faith through someone making an invitation to you. It was a part of the process. And maybe you came to faith as an adult, But I'm almost certain that you could name a few people that helped you take a next step along the way of coming to faith. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're not even sure where you're at in relationship to Christ. But someone who loves you or cares about you has probably invited you to come be here in this space and to hear a bit about Jesus. William Temple Once said that the act of bringing someone to Jesus is the greatest service one person can render one another. And it happens in the context of everyday life and everyday relationships as we help people take their next step of faith. And I am greatly encouraged by three things as we go. The first is this God is already on the go. God is already at work in the lives of the people around us. We're not starting at zero. The second thing is this. It's the spirit that is the lead evangelist. Now, we celebrate the invitation at Alpha. But we know that it's only the spirit that can reveal Christ for who he is. To convict, to compel. Only God can do that. Our job is to invite. It's God's job to do the rest. So the pressure isn't on us, it's not on a pastor, it's not on Alpha or anything else. This is the work of God. And the third most incredible thing is this, that we each have a small part to play in that great step that someone can make. God has chosen us, every one of his followers, to sing his song, to live out of this historic reality because of a destiny yet ahead. Daryl Johnson defines evangelism, therefore, like this. We are entering a conversation the Spirit is already having with somebody. We are inviting people to come and see, to listen in on the good plans that God has for their life, our life, for all of us ahead. And we're all invited. Come and see. So much of the Gospels is filled with this, this language of invitation. Jesus often said to, to the people around him, come, follow me. And the disciples often then would say, come and see, you have to meet this Jesus. And an invitation is like this mini proposal that has power to transform destiny. I mean, most, most marriages started by way of invitation. They, they took one look at me. And they thought, invitation. I'm going to invite them for a walk, for a movie, for a coffee. So many great adventures in life start by way of invitation, don't they? Come along. you got to come. We're doing this thing. We're doing this event. And here we have the greatest adventure, the most important invitation we have to share with Everyone. And we don't need to be a gifted teacher, a speaker, but like a body, we each have to play our part. Because throughout the gospel, throughout scripture, we see three things happening. God sends everyday people who have encountered Jesus with courage to share. Everyday people. Just imagine the moment of history. If you would have been there as Jesus began announcing the reign of God. Think about it. Mark 1.14, Jesus comes announcing the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. He's saying, turn your life towards this reality. I've got a good destiny in mind for you. Follow me. What would you do? What would you do in that place if you were living in that time? I know what I do. I get out my checklist and I'd be like, "Okay. All right, let's assemble the best and the brightest. We need to start a social media campaign. We need to get on the news. We got to we got to get the dream team together and we're going to start sharing the word. We got to get this message out." But listen in how God makes his first round draft picks. He chooses everyday people to begin sharing this message. It says in Matthew 4:18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. How incredible is this, that Jesus enters into this poor back area of Galilee to make his first round draft picks. It's an area in that time and region that people would say things like, can anything good come from from there? And so right away we see something significant. That God's call in our life isn't about our capacity. This is not about what we can do for God, but sharing and celebrating what he has done for us. Everyday people. Peter and Andrew were just fishermen. They weren't the bright students of the day. Because if you were a bright student of that day, you know what they would do? They would often send you off to, to Bible school to study the Torah. And after years and years of studying, they asked the rabbi, Can I follow you? And Jesus reverses that. He goes into this, this back area and says, Come and follow me. I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you. I'll show you how to catch more than fish. Catch people with this wonderful good news my kingdom everyday people. How amazing is it that after the resurrection of Jesus, it was these same everyday people that went on to transform the world with this good news of Jesus. You know, it was upsetting the city officials so much that they hauled Peter into court with John. And and in this big setting, you can imagine the moment, the setting where they're told to give an account for what's happening in the city. All these people coming to faith It says he's hauled into the courts in Acts 4.13. It says, when the authorities saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. The same presence of Christ that abides in our hearts today in our community at work, still inviting, Come and see. Come and see. Because God sends everyday people who have encountered Him with the courage to share the invitation. I wonder if you count yourself in on sharing that message, if you count yourself qualified to share it. You know, you can't really encounter Jesus for who He is until we recognize our own need of a Savior that we have problems in our life that are beyond our own strength, that what we see in the news and media is beyond what the brightest people in the world and these times can, can sort out on their own. We have to recognize that we need a Savior and that's when we get to grasp how good the gospel is. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 21. He says, to the neat and tidy religious crowd, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom ahead of you. Now, he's not trying to say, guys, pick up your game and try and work harder. He's saying, give up on the idea that you can do it in your own strength. The broken people of the world are quicker to realize the need of a savior than those that think that they can sort it in their own power and make it on their own. We need to encounter Jesus a savior in our life. Do you know who the greatest messenger recorded in the gospel is? Now you might think that it's somebody that has their life put together. They went to the right school. They drive the right car. They're in the right relationship. Everything is neat and ordered. The greatest messenger in the gospel is in John 4. It's the woman at the well. She brings her whole town to meet Jesus with three words, come and see. I mean, many of you will know the story. If you want to read it later, go on. But, but just a few of the details that stand out to me. Firstly, she's a woman. And women in that day, in that culture, were not treated well. Their testimony wasn't even valid in a court of law. And secondly, if you know the story, she's a Samaritan. And Samaritan, were the, they were the wrong people group. Nobody liked the Samaritans. They would consider them like half-breed dogs. And then you read the story further and you discover it's the sixth hour. It's the middle of the day. It's the hot desert climate. And here she is alone at the well, collecting water. And this wasn't cultural. No, what they would do at that time, they, the women would, would go to the well in the cool of the morning. And they would collect the water. And then they would go back together. So what is she doing in this hot time of the day, middle of the day, alone at this well? I don't think it's a long venture to say that maybe she's a lonely woman. Maybe she's been counted out by a lot of people and she's a bit of an outcast. You know the story further. Did she, she's had five broken Marriages Five times rejected by a man. Five times told you're not lovable. And now she's living with a guy because if you weren't connected to a man at that time, you probably didn't have a roof over your head or a stability of food. And you can imagine her reflecting on her life, thinking, you know, I had all these plans in life on how it was going to go. I was going to get married to a guy that loves me. I was going to have a family. I was going to have this security. And this is what my life was going to look like. And here I am in the middle of the hot desert alone at this well. I'm so hungry. I'm so thirsty for something more. And she encounters Jesus. And he offers her what he calls living water of hope that God's counting her in. Come follow me. And she's so excited that the story says she runs back to town saying to the townspeople, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. He knows all about my brokenness, my mistakes, my past, and he loves me. Could this be the Messiah? She asks, so she hasn't even figured it all out yet, but she wants to explore. It says they came out, the townspeople came out, they made their way towards Jesus, and they conclude in verse 42, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. How incredible. This unknown woman at the well the greatest messenger of the gospel. Can you hear it? God is sending everyday people who've encountered him with the courage to share the invitation. Courage not being an absence of fear of what people might think or how people might react. But courage, that's a willingness to go beyond our fears because of a hope that's greater. You know, the the disciples knew fear. After the crucifixion of Jesus, what do we find them doing? We find them hiding behind locked doors. They were afraid that they were going to be next. So they hid in fear. But something greater than their fears passed through those locked doors. A living Savior. And they knew that whatever they were afraid of, That whatever would happen in their life, there was a hope beyond their fears worth pursuing and sharing with the world around them. And so they stepped forward through those locked doors to begin to proclaim the good news of God's reign. To say, come and see. And I begin to wonder, what would it take in our lives and this generation To move our church that a sleeping giant would awaken. That we would open the locked doors. What would it take to move us beyond our fears to begin to share that invitation? The church is not a location. It's a movement of friends inviting friends. People inviting people. What would it take for us to begin to pray for them? To invite. To embrace. I mean, just think about how the church grows. What does Andrew do when he meets Jesus? He goes and gets his brother Peter. He says, Come and see this guy. You got to meet him. Think about friends inviting friends. The story in Mark 2: Four loyal friends. Maybe you know the story. Four loyal friends and a man who's paralyzed. He's on his mat. And every day you had probably been praying for him. But then they hear this good news of Jesus that he's healing people. He's saying, this is a taste of what lies ahead. They say, you gotta meet this Jesus. We're gonna bring you to meet him. And that bringing was a costly event. So these four loyal friends, they pick up the paralyzed man and they begin to take him to meet Jesus. We're gonna bring you to meet Jesus. We're gonna take you. And we don't even know if he wanted to go. And there were some challenges along the way, wasn't there? They get to Jesus. They're bringing him. They're carrying him. And they get to the house where Jesus is sharing at. And it's crowded with people. They can't even get through their front doors. And so what do they do? It's going to cost them something. they got to pick him up. And they got to carry him to the top of the roof. And they begin digging a hole in the roof. I'm sure that didn't make him popular with the people underneath. And you can imagine the chaos in the scene as they're digging a hole in the roof. And if he wasn't protesting then, I bet that paralyzed man was protesting by then. Because imagine the dirt and the dust and the mess as they're going through the roof. He's being lowered down to meet Jesus. And I don't know if the paralyzed man wanted to meet Jesus or not. But I bet you when he walked out of that place the healed and restored man that he was so glad his friends did. They were willing to bring him to Jesus. See, I don't ever want to die wondering what would have happened in my life if I just would have been praying for my friends. What would have happened if I would have had the courage to invite somebody, to bring somebody To hear something of the good plans that God has for each of us. Of a God who says, come, all who are weary and thirsty. In a time and moment of culture when there's so much hunger and thirst for more. The greatest harvest, greatest season of evangelism in our generation. What if I told you that God was already prepared to move if the church was ready to move with what his spirit wanted to do? And my fear at this time in this moment is that we let the gospel become like background music to our lives. And we leave it to some to sing when God is asking the whole body to sing in our own words and our own voice. Even when we don't have all the words memorized but we know of a hope and a truth and a life and we're willing to share it by saying, come and see. Because God is sending everyday people who have encountered him with the courage to share. Let me finish with this story. I love this story. Albert McMakin was a 24 year old farmer who had recently come to faith And Albert was so full of enthusiasm that he filled a truck full of people he knew. And he brought them to hear more about Jesus at this tent meeting that was happening nearby. And there was this good-looking farmer's son. He was especially keen to get along to this meeting. But this young man, Albert's friend, was hard to persuade He was busy falling in and out of love with different girls, and he didn't seem to have any sort of attraction to Jesus in any way. But eventually, Albert managed to persuade his friend to come along by by getting him to drive the truck to this meeting. And when they arrived, Albert's friend decided to go in, and he was spellbound, began to have thoughts he said he'd never had before. And Albert's friend went again, night after night, until one night he came forward and he gave his life to Jesus. And that man, Albert's friend, the driver of the truck, was Billy Graham. And the year was 1934. And we know that since that time, Billy went on to minister around the world, sharing the gospel to millions of people. And God used Billy's ministry powerfully here in Australia as well in the 59, in the 70s. And there's not a service or a church I go to still where there isn't a life that was transformed by what God did through Billy's ministry. I wonder if there's anyone even here, like the morning service, that, that life, their life was transformed by what Billy did In the 50s, in the 70s, or might have been a grandparent or a parent or even you yourself. I see hands around the room. You know, we, we can't all be Billy Graham and nor should we even try. But we can all be like his friend Albert and say, come and see. Come and hear the good plans that God has for your life. Because you never know what those three words might do. How God might use them to powerfully transform generations and lives and cities. And I truly believe that in the season ahead, many are going to come to faith. But it might not be as we saw in past with people coming to a service and preaching. That will happen. But I believe that people trust people and friends relationships and as we make invitation ahead that will be a powerful way that God is going to move as we see people come to faith Billy Graham said I don't need a successor I only need willing hands to accept the torch for a new generation that is us we are that new generation are we willing to accept the torch Do you know the power of an invitation? I want us to hear one such story of invitation. And we're going to watch a video of this story. And it's very personal to me because I'm friends with now both people in this story. I know them well personally. But I want you to be thinking about who you might invite in the alpha season ahead as you watch this.
3: My name's Phil King, I live in Brisbane in Queensland. I'm married, I have two adult children. How did I come to Alpha? I've been riding or cycling for some 10 to 15 years. In 2013, my oldest lad asked me if I'd like to join a group called Altitude. He'd been riding with them um, for a few weeks and really liked the people and uh, I didn't really want to go to be quite honest because um, I heard that the altitude crew were mainly Christians Um, so I kind of resisted for a few weeks and then um, one morning uh, Matt got up and he said come on join me on a ride and I thought oh why not. And so I kind of enjoyed the morning and then I started riding with him on a regular basis. I think back in in 2015 uh, before coming to Christ that it was probably close to being suicidal. Uh, I just didn't know how to do it. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. And uh, but I also felt that um, you know, with my family that I couldn't let them down. I was still, you know, that would have been a very difficult thing to do. But there was also the thing that I probably could have just abandoned everything, left home, and lived on the streets. It was that close. I was able to share that with, with these guys, which I wouldn't share with lots of other groups, but because of the relationship that we built with these guys and their character, I felt quite comfortable in doing that. From that conversation that, that evening, um, Rod rang me up and um,
2: asked me to come to Alpha. If you have the opportunity to invite somebody to Alpha, I would I would recommend you grab it and, and do it. There's, there's no easier way that I know of to walk people through into into finding Jesus Christ as their saviour.
3: So the night that I rolled up at Alpha, it was—it um, took me by surprise. I hadn't really been to church, and, and that's the thing too. Uh, you know, I've not been to church for at that stage for some forty years. And the first thing I noticed in there was that um, it was a very welcoming, very loving, and—and and they were engaged me and they asked me questions. We had the video, which I really enjoyed. And I went away and thought about that a lot um, the following week, and actually looked forward to the second session. And again, the questions, the video was really good. I really liked the, the topics and uh, they really sort of started to open my mind up to to thinking about that through the week. By the, the third week, I was pretty much all in. Uh, I remember drive, driving home that night and thinking, wow, this is probably the best thing I've ever done. My world was just collapsing around me. I'd lived in internally relying on my own strength to live through the, the difficult times. And I couldn't do that anymore and now now through Alpha it's opened up that I can actually lean on on Jesus and and that now I go to church regularly, still mentored and, and through through Rod um, and the other Christians I know.
2: And yeah it's been a great honor, a great privilege um, and an absolute joy to see his life changed um, so radically and so quickly because within a few weeks I could see his life changing. Um, not only was was he being convicted, but he was enjoying um, the freedom that Christianity was offering him and that God was offering him.
1: Would you like to stand as I close in prayer? Join with me. Come, Holy Spirit. In the most ancient Christian prayer come holy spirit revive your church awaken us to the reality of your good news and once more in our generation as we take the torch forward lord if we would bear your light as salt in the city as torchbearers that cast light in a time where there's so much darkness there is so much instability we see People hungry for something to put hope in that is beyond the times that are rocking without foundation. A hope beyond what is seen. Father, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Give us courage to share in this good news we have found. We've not lost confidence in you, the gospel, But Lord, give us confidence to share because there is hunger. And Lord, would you give us courage to do this in ways that that we would flourish with life as a church. Here at Bridgman, Lord, we do it for the sake of those around us. But I believe that at Bridgman, there is a special anointing that churches are looking to Bridgman say, what does it look like to be about God's mission? And I believe as as we are faithful to follow what the Spirit is leading us towards in this place that there will be an inspiration, a movement, a catalytic event that many more will come. Father, fan into flame the embers of faith that we would be alive to what you would have us do in the season ahead, that we would share the message of invitation. Us everyday people, give us courage to share. Come and see, come and see, move Holy Spirit in the ways that you would have us move. Amen. Amen.
0: Can we thank Ryan this morning church for sharing with us? Just an affirmation of the things God's been saying to us as a church. As I shared on Vision Sunday, I shared the story of Lauren, year 12 student, one of our Switch youth running Alpha in her school. Just this week, I had another email come through from one of our year 11 Switch youth. I just want to share this with you. It's encouraging. She's, the email said this, just wanted to share a massive answer to prayer that happened this week. At the start of this term, I felt called to start a Youth Alpha Bible study at my state school. And after a whole term of hitting roadblock after roadblock, I received an email this week with the approval to go ahead. Absolutely praising God that this is getting started. And I'm so excited to see what He's gonna do in my school. Please be praying for it to go smoothly and for God to bring about revival. How good is that church? Isn't that what we long for? Seeing this multiplication. I'm gonna ask the team just to put that slide up again, the um, alpha, the QR code. We'd love you to be there on that night, on that Thursday night, come hour session just to come and be there. And who knows what spark might start from that as we gather together, as we do the training together. But more than that, as we ask the Spirit of God to stir within us a passion and a heart to reach out just that simple invitation to see how we might be able to use Alpha in schools, in our own communities, in our lounge rooms, in our coffee shops around us. As I said on Vision Sunday, imagine if 100 of us did it with just two friends. 200 people on top of our normal courses that would do Alpha in the next year ahead. We are praying that God would move in this way. And I I agree with what Ryan said, this move the Spirit. This is about the the gifts of the body. Lots of us out and about sharing relationally and using these God-given tools and resources to share the good news. Of the gospel, the second response is this: This morning, is if, as Ryan's been speaking on your heart, there is a, a family member, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a colleague, a a, a neighbor that's near you. That, but God's just pointing your heart. Lord, I long for them to come. It's a burden on your heart. Then we're going to sing a song that says, "I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over our community, over our city, over our streets, over our family. If there is a particular person on your heart." and you just wanna bring them before Jesus and speak Jesus' love and um, proclaim just that, that, that power of Jesus over their lifetime, that they would come into a relationship. but maybe they're a prodigal, maybe they're away and you're praying for them. Then just lift them up during this song. You might even wanna just come down the front, just to the front and say, Lord Jesus, I'm bringing that person before you. Your presence is here in response to the faith of this message this morning. Come, spend a few moments at the front, then head back to your seat or just do it where you are. But will you do that in faith this morning? This is God's heart, that we would see many, many come into the Kingdom, flooding into the Kingdom in this season ahead. We pray. Let's sing this song. Let's declare it. You feel free to come. Bring a person before God this morning as we speak Jesus, the power of His Name over people's lives. Let's do that. Let's sing, shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every You're already on the move. Holy Spirit, you're already working in people's hearts and lives because you long that none would perish, but all would come to know life eternally new, Lord. And so come, Spirit of God, move among us. We pray for that training night, Lord. We can't wait to get together, to encourage one another, to be on board with your mission in this world. This very week, we pray, Lord, we'll be ready, available, the prompting of your Spirit, offering those invitations, those little acts of love and kindness prompted by you. We long, Lord, your Spirit to move, in power. our world. Our community is in desperate need, Lord. And we have the best news in all the world. So anoint us by your Spirit, we pray. Pour out your blessing, we ask. And we pray this in Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen. Please be seated. Can we thank Ryan one more time just for coming to share with us today. Don't forget that Alpha training. We'd love to have you there. Those joining us online as well. So good to have you sharing with us. If you'd like prayer, our prayer team will be down the front prayer lounge as well. But God bless and thanks so much for sharing with us today.